In Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, our good, good father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. Amen. He went about doing good. And one of the good things that he did, as a matter of fact, much of his ministry was spent in healing the sick. He went about doing good and healing everyone that was oppressed of the devil. And then the last part of that verse says, for God was with him. It makes all the difference when your good, good father is with you. When your good, good father is for you and your good, good father is in you. Now he is no less the healer today as he was when he walked on this earth. He is the same healing Jesus. He is still going about doing good. Amen. And so this morning in the name of Jesus, I speak health and healing over your bodies. I speak strength over your spirits, your souls, and your bodies. In the name of Jesus, be healed, be strengthened, be whole, be happy, be filled with all the fullness of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, I believe it. And I receive good things from my good, good father. Hallelujah. If you then being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more shall your good, good father give good things to them that ask him? One of the greatest benefits of being born again is having the great comforter living in you and then also coming upon you to fill you. If you've not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, matter of fact, let's just all lift up our hands. How many of you could use a refilling today? Amen. Let's ask. Heavenly Father, we ask you today for a fresh anointing, for each of us to be anointed with fresh oil. We ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit continuously in our lives that already have been filled. We ask for more of a filling. And for Lord, for those who have not yet experienced this glorious, glorious gift. Oh, we ask that in the name of Jesus. Now just lift up your voice and just start praising him. Perhaps in English, perhaps in your heavenly language, just out of your heart. Just begin to flow in praise and in worship. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory, glory. We worship you, Lord. Just let him flow through you. Some of you sense the Spirit of the Lord wants to move upon you, enabling you to speak or to sing in other tongues. Just let him flow. Without fear, just step in. Just jump in. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Be blessed. There he is. <laughs> there he is. 
Hallelujah. He's in our, he's in the midst of us today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody said, well, what happened to you in church this morning? Well, number one, I got filled. Number two, I got healed. Amen. Glory to God. That happens in your church? Yes, it does. Why? Because we glorify him in our midst. Amen. And the works of God glorify Jesus. Amen. The Bible says that he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father. Look at your neighbor as you're being seated and say this with me. The works of God glorify God. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Well, he's here today. Amen. Praise God. Um, you know, Brenda made the announcement about the, the one service starting on December 17th and going right on through January 7th. We will be having some evening services and midweek services as well. Also, don't worry about it because we're going to be adding a number of chairs in the sanctuary. And it will be very comfortable for you. As you look at the combination of the 11 a.m. and the 9 a.m. service, um, there's still plenty of chairs if you were to add everybody. So praise the Lord. It's a good thing. God's on the move, on the move. Hallelujah. The Lord gave me something this morning as we... uh, Oh, yeah. Okay. One other announcement um, that we need to make is coupled together annual Christmas parties. You can join them next Saturday, the 1st of December at 6 p.m., right here in our youth room. But today is the last day to sign up. And so flyers with all the details are available at the Information Center. So be sure to pick one up and sign up today. As I was meditating uh, this morning on the subject of generosity, and we are now in the season of the joy of Christmas and the joy of generosity, I begin to see something very clearly. Um, generosity is not really a one-time act, but generosity is a way of life. It is one of the core values of our church to create an atmosphere of generosity in our congregation and really through our congregation. So being generous is not a one-time event. It is a lifestyle. Amen. What is it? Well, it is loving, giving, sowing, and serving from our hearts because we love God and because we love people. And giving makes us more like God. In John 3, 16, you know this verse, God so loved the world that he what? That he gave his only begotten son. I love this statement that I heard years ago, and that is this, you can give without loving But you cannot love without giving. To be like God, you've got to learn to become a giver. I saw something this morning as I was meditating. In the Hebrew, the word generosity literally means to saturate with water, which is a symbol of life. It means to overflow in a way that brings life to people. We've had the privilege and the honor of purchasing two wells in Africa over the years. So even today, 
African children, African people are receiving the overflow of your generosity of water into their lives. Isn't that an awesome thing? When you think about it, man, it just makes you want to buy some more wells. Praise God. But here's what I saw, PT. I saw this scripture in John 7 in verse 38. And I'll just quote it to you. It says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. In other words, what's on the inside of us has the capacity to flow out of us and through us to bring living water, to bring a living Jesus to a dying world, to bring a living healer to a diseased, sick world, to bring blessing from us as distributions of the Spirit of grace. Say it with me, out of my belly is flowing rivers of living water. And here's the word, of I, here's the word I got. Out of our inner man, there is to be a flow of generosity. Out of our inner man, there is to be a flow of generosity. And generosity encompasses much more than finances. It includes that. But how many of you know you can be generous by letting someone ahead of you in the line at Macy's this year? You can be generous with someone on the freeway. Generosity is kindness. It's acts of favor. I encourage you this season to find someone that you can be a blessing to. Find someone perhaps that you can bake cookies for. Somebody says, well, I'm not anointed to make cookies. No excuse. Lucky's has got them. Safeways has got them. Amen. So I encourage you to just begin to search and ask the Lord to help you and to give you opportunities to be generous this year. Out of our belly, out of our church here, is continuous flows of generosity. It is a huge blessing to be a blessing. In Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, it says, There is one who scatters yet increases more and more. There is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul shall be made rich, and he who waters others will be watered himself. In the Greek, generosity means ready to distribute. Available. Lord, I'm a... Just raise your hand and say, Lord, I'm available. To give my time, my talents... And my treasures to bless other people. Amen. And so during the month of December, you're going to be getting several life stories. You're going to be hearing from people that have experienced life change and how God is just working in their lives. We're going to be doing some of that live here. We're going to be doing some of it with emails. We're also setting a goal for our joy of generosity. So let me just pull up this uh, PowerPoint right now and we'll take a look at it. In the first slide, um, you're basically uh, going to see the logo, and you're going to see that banner around the church. 
And then the second slide, it's just a definition. It's a fruit of God's grace, the product of a transformed heart. And it develops in an atmosphere that encourages it, celebrates it, and reproduces it consistently over time. And then the third one is generosity is a source of blessing. And we already read it, but it says, uh, and and, uh, the generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched. And he who waters himself will be watered. And I like that, reaping the generosity he has sown. Amen? And then we look at the next slide. Generosity flows from an understanding that all we have and ever will become is not ours to possess. And it results in sharing what we've been given with others for the advancement of the kingdom and the glory of God. And then we look at the next slide, how we as a church have been generous this year. This is just kind of an example that we've supported over 19 ministries thus far this year. Operation Blessing and Samaritan's Purse with the Hurricane Relief. Life Outreach, we sent some money in for Christmas Shoe Project for Children. Uh, Rama Bible Training Center, Mutual Faith, which is Keith Moore's ministry, Faith Life Church, which is More Life Ministry, Brother Copeland's ministry, Jeremy Pearson's ministry, Billy Brim Ministries, A21 Campaign, which um, deals with uh, human trafficking, and that we've sown seed there, Brother Caseman, Donnie Moore, Beyond International, Uttermost Ministries, San Francisco City Impact Academy, Uh, Supporting children in school. Hope for the Heart, which is a local uh, ministry which feeds people by the thousands and thousands every year. And then Joe Hernandez Ministries, who's over in Dubai, setting up, praise God, ministry over there in the Middle East. Amen? So that just kind of gives you, that's just a sample of how we've been generous this year. And then, of course, uh, we care with uh, thousands of bags of groceries every year. So our goal that we're setting uh, for December 1st, this does not include today, through the 31st, is 225000 Now let me share with you where this money will go. Um, the next slide will uh, portray that. Monies will, toward this goal will go toward December's budget, which includes our building payment ministry projects, international ministries, global outreaches, and local ministries, such as City Team in Oakland. Now, I talked to them the other day. City Team in Oakland has a wonderful feeding program. It also has a rehabilitation for men that are getting off drugs, and they have a year-long, I believe, discipleship program. So we're going to be sowing locally into that. Hope for the Heart, which also is a local feeding program. Tony Cook, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be undertaking the last part of a book project that's being translated into Mandarin. This book will get into hundreds of thousands of hands in China. We're going to be sowing $1,000 to that so that they can finish up that project called The Grace, the Dean of God. And then Billy Brim Ministries, they're believing God for a TV truck that wherever they go that they can be mobile. And then Matt and Julie Beamer Ministries, we were just there in Africa with them for Rama Africa. They're starting Rama Lebanon. They literally have ministry all over the world. Egypt, they're a very, very worthy, worthy uh, ministry. And then World Outreach Church Tulsa, that's Mark Brzee's ministry. His dad just passed away. So we're going to do an honor offering for in the, in the honor of his father for his missions account. Amen? So what this $225,000 will do, it will help us meet our budget for the year. 
And then we'll be able to go beyond that so that we can just sow very, very generously. Amen? Amen. So there's no pressure attached to this. But if you want to be a part of it, December 1st through the end of the month, we are just believing God together. Amen? Amen? So let's raise our hands and just thank the Lord ahead of time for abundance and more than more than enough to come in. Lord, we give you the glory, we give you the praise, and we give you the honor for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Tom and company. Let's give them a big hand. Wow. Good presence here today. So, Father, we thank you now for this time that we have together in your word. We pray the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light, our spirits to be strengthened, and that we would experience increase in this subject, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for it ahead of time. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. I'll be speaking along these lines all day, unless the Lord changes me after my nap this afternoon. In 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, all of a sudden, doing three services on a Sunday doesn't look so difficult after being in Africa and doing, doing almost four-hour services. And uh, wow, it was... It was awesome. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Thayer's definition of triumph means to celebrate, to cause one to win. You know, this is contrary to religious teaching, which says, well, sometimes you win a few, other times you lose a few, you just never know. No, the Bible says always. Amen? Always causes us to triumph when we are thankful. The devil is not just a loser, he is the loser. I mean, read the back of the book. He's the eternally defeated one and you are the eternally redeemed ones <laughs> i just preached myself happy right there Woo, glory to god i'm not gonna get any more redeemed than i am right now redeemed oh i love to proclaim amen now i like this word savor up again now notice with me he always causes it to triumph and maketh manifest, in other words, spreads the savor of his knowledge by us everywhere that we go. Savor, according to Strong's definition, is a fragrance, literally and figuratively. It's an odor. It is a savor. We could say it this way. When we have victory in our lives, amen, we become fragrant. We may walk into a room and people say, hmm, what's that smell? We can tell them that it's O de victory. <laughs> oh, to victory. So whatever he starts in you and for you and through you, be thankful every day. Recently, the Lord spoke to us by his spirit and said that thanksgiving is the door for more. Thanksgiving is the door for more. Now, we need to make sure that we are very conscientious of this because what we're not thankful for, we're in danger of losing. Okay? So we want to be thankful men and women of God and develop the lifestyle of thanksgiving. 
In Psalms 100 and verse 4, it says, Enter the password, which is thank you. Make yourself at home talking praise, thanking him, and worshiping him. So to be fit for this life, we must make sure that our spirits are continuously giving glory to God. And as we do, we will be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. You know, one of the ways that Abraham was strengthened in faith is he continuously gave glory to God. Amen. Can we give glory to God? No matter what may be going on in our lives, we can give thanks in everything. In Psalms 34, verses 1 through 3, he says, I will bless the Lord when I feel like it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. You know, it's a good thing to boast in the Lord. Amen. To give God the glory for the things that he's done. The humble share hither of and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen. Praise and thanksgiving glorifies and magnifies God. Amen. Now look at Luke chapter 17, and we'll notice verses 12 right on through verse 19. Luke, the 17th chapter, says, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They were not to go into the public arena. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. Woo, glory to God. Now, I want you to get the picture here. These guys are being loud about it. They're saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. Amen. But one of them... When he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God. What's your point, Pastor? Many will lift up their voice loudly when they have a need, but not many turn back and give God glory after the need is met. And he fell down at his feet, giving him thanks, for he was a Samaritan. And Jesus said, Where were the ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Verse 18 says, There are not found that return to give glory to God except this stranger. And in verse 19 he said, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. I just see this very clearly right now. One way that our faith is released is through thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. You know, it's not the only way, but that's a big way that your faith is released, is being thankful, amen, for what he's done, and also being thankful before you see God moving in your life, or before you see the manifestation, amen? So one came back, he was just as loud after, he was saying, thank you, amen. Okay. So Psalm 34, once again, verse 3, we want to center in on this a little bit today. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Think about the word magnify. 
All of you are familiar with a magnifying glass. What a magnifying glass does is it makes something look bigger and larger. Amen? So when he says magnify the Lord, let him get real big in your thinking. Let him get real big in your believing. I mean, he's big already. Amen? He's bigger than the biggest. But what we need to do is we need to expand our vision of just how big he is and how good he is. And magnifying the Lord will help us do that. I don't know how it happens, but it just happens. The more you magnify him, the more of his presence you will experience. The more you magnify him, the clearer you'll be able to see him as your healer, as your financier, as your deliverer. Amen? So listen to this statement. God works in our lives in a greater way according to our ability to receive. When my ability and your ability to receive from Him is increased, His involvement in our lives is increased. I'm going to say that again. God works in our lives in a greater way according to our ability to receive. Now, a verse that I could quote to you is now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, but it is in direct apportion according to the power working in you. Amen? Amen? And the next statement is this. When our ability to receive from him is increased, his involvement in our life is increased. And so one way to initiate this, not the only way, is by being thankful. Amen. When we give glory to Him, we give place to Him. Amen. Now we see this from the book of Romans in the fourth chapter. God told Abram, He said, I am making you the father of many nations. Amen. Now look at over at Romans chapter 4. And notice with me in verse 18, Romans, the fourth chapter and the 18th verse. Mm. So God calls those things that be not as though they were. He looked at Abram. He looked at Sarah. He said, no problem. Abram, you are now Abraham. You are now the father of many nations. Now notice this in verse 18. Who against hope, in other words, when all natural hope was gone, he plugged into a supernatural hope, which is a confident and favorable expectation. The reason why Abraham could have a confident, favorable expectation, because it was based on what God said. If God had never said, you're the father of many nations, he could not have expected to become the father of many nations because he had no solid foundation. He had no word. But thank God he had the word. How many of you have got a word from God about your life, about your healing, about your family? You got a word? It's a solid foundation. So continue down this path of confidently and favorably expecting God to do it in your life. Amen? So who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations? According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. See, Abraham didn't magnify or glorify how old he was. 
He didn't magnify or glorify the deadness of Sarah's womb. He magnified and glorified what God had said. In other words, we could say it this way. He made room for what God said. He gave place to it. We must give place to what he's saying to us. We must must not reject words from the Lord. We must not reject the Bible. But we must be open and receive with a teachable spirit the engrafted word. For the word of the Lord and words from God will save your soul and it will even save your life and it will cause you to always triumph in this place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Now listen to this statement. Whatever you, you or I magnify and glorify, we give place to in our lives. Whatever we magnify, in other words, whatever we make big in our lives, we give place to. Now, the devil's defeated. But how and why is he able to steal and to kill and to destroy even many Christians? Why? Because Christians unknowingly are giving place to him. And one way that the enemy steals and kills and destroys is through deception. Another way is this. You've got to listen very carefully. He attempts to get people to use the spiritual forces that should be helping them against themselves. I'll say that again. See, he is very deceptive and he's very tricky. He's very subtle. And so if he cannot deceive you, he will try to get you to use the weapons of your warfare that God has designed for us to use against him to use against ourselves. The words we speak, how we think, what we believe, what we magnify. In other words, we could say it this way. He tries to turn faith into fear, meditation into worry, Instead of magnifying God, he tries to get us to magnify the problem. And here's where people are missing it. And I've missed it here before in my life. But people are missing the connection. People are missing the connection of the way they think and the words they speak and magnifying the problem and it getting worse. They just don't, I don't know how this happened. See, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. But now that cannot be said of us because we have been filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Amen? And as you continuously connect with your good, good father. And as you feed your faith, faith will come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you will know that what you think and what you speak and what you believe and what you magnify will enable you things to get better or to get worse. How many of your candidates for thing getting better? Oh, hallelujah. Remember last Sunday morning, we preached a little cliff notes message on, uh, Uh, staying on the path when we stay on the path life gets brighter and life gets see that's probably why we need some small groups (laughs) 
so we can reinforce some of the things you're saying. Amen. I don't want anything to get worse. I want everything to get better. Amen. Glory to God. And the enemy will come along, people will come along and say, oh, that's just normal. It's just normal, just normal. That may be normal for the world, but I want to remind you today, Shanda, Halaboko, Sapani, Andeya. Hallelujah. We are not of this world. We're living in this world, but we're not of it. We are world overcomers, and He's placed world overcoming faith on the inside of us to cause us to soar and to be launched into greater levels of glory. Launched, hallelujah, into greater levels of favor. Amen. So, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Can we do that just for about 30 seconds or so? Lord, we magnify you. <laughs> oh, you're a good God. You're good to me, Lord. Yes, Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. My, 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 my. So we're not going to magnify the disease of the doctor report. We're not going to magnify Wall Street. We're not going to magnify what our kids may be doing or not doing. We're not going to magnify those things. We're not going to magnify perhaps that we've been laid off. What we're going to magnify is him as our source of supply. And he's got something bigger and better and greater for me. Amen. That's the attitude of a believer and the attitude of a winner. Amen. The choice is ours. Whatever we magnify will get bigger and better or will get worse and worse. But oh, what if you magnify the Lord? What if we were just to enlarge our insides and give Him a bigger place to work? So Abraham in verse 20 says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hallelujah. And being fully persuaded. Mm, thank you, Lord. The word of the Lord will enable you to be persuaded. The word of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord in giving glory to the Lord will bump you up to being fully persuaded. Hallelujah. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Amen. You seeing it today? Now look at Psalm 69 and verse 30. Psalm 69 and verse 30. So I have my will involved in this. How about you? Psalm 69 and 30. I will praise the name of God with a song. Every one of you ought to be singing a song. Not necessarily recording. I will praise the name of God with a song. And will magnify Him with thanksgiving. It makes me think of Saturday night in Abuja. The glory of God was so strong, guys. I've experienced it a few times. But the platform was real long and... The pastors and Brenda and I and some of the associates were sitting over here. And worship was going on for quite a long time, maybe two hours or so. Maybe an hour and 45 minutes, something like that. 
And when these guys come to church, they come to have church. <laughs> Amen. And uh, so Aunt, Pastor Andy was over there and he was, he was, you know, he just didn't know what to do. Just like I don't know what to do sometimes when the glory hits. And we were worshiping the Lord and worshiping the Lord. And so he just motioned for me to come over. And hopefully we'll be able to get this on DVD and be able be able to to see some of that service anyway. I want you to. I was watching it last night, and the glory just filled my little cave room there at the house. And I got up there, and I tell you what, it was like I could hardly get to the pulpit. It was so strong, and it was so thick, and it was so wonderful. That's God's glory. That's God's presence that is not reserved for Abuja, that is not reserved just for us here. And we experienced Him all the time. We got, He's here. It's not just reserved for a corporation or a corporate setting, but it also can happen in your living room. Come on, guys. You can get so saturated with the Holy Ghost that you can hardly make it to the refrigerator. Amen. That would be a move. That would be a move of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I will praise the name of God with a song. And I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to move forward in this message because I want to close with some thoughts here for you. Because I know that uh, we all face challenges. I've faced a ton of them. You've faced a lot of them. Perhaps you're facing them right now. But we've got verses. I said we've got verses. Verses that will help us. And I think one of the greatest verses that the Apostle Paul wanted to, to, for us to take hold of was over there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 16 through 18 and I know it's not in my notes up there but if we could pull it up I want our eyes to set on this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and let's go back to verse 16 and then we'll go right on through verse 18 it says rejoice evermore verse 17 what does it say and then verse 18 let's read it in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. So here's what Paul's saying. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What Paul is saying to us today is this. Say thanks continuously because it will change your life. Now for the majority of us, gratitude is something we experience as a result of really, really good circumstances, but it's interesting. If you look in the life of Jesus, you will notice that he said thanks in some of the most unlikely moments. He knew he was about to go to the cross. He knew he was going to experience the pains of death and hell. But he gathered his disciples And in the midst of that, he said, give thanks. 
This is my body, which shall be broken for you. Give thanks. This is my blood that will be shed for you. And then at, at, a, at a, a funeral scene, when everything looked dark and everything looked bad, he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. And in the midst of a death-filled situation, he lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. And I thank you, <laughs> come on somebody, that you always hear me. I don't know if you've ever heard of the theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a German pastor and theologian who lived during World War II. He strongly opposed the atrocities committed against the Jews and the Nazi regime. In 1943, Bonhoeffer was arrested for his involvement in a plot to assassinate Hitler. He spent a year and a half in prison before being transferred to a concentration camp where he was executed shortly thereafter. Bonhoeffer did some of his most profound writing during his time in prison. And one such reflection included this line, It is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. That's a staggering comment if you consider the world of Bonhoeffer in that moment. Isolation, uncertainty, deep grievance at the state of the world and his country, and still giving thanks. Still life held for him a richness and a joy that few on this outside looking in could make sense of or understand. Bonhoeffer uses the word richness. Everyone say richness. And richness is a rich word. It implies happiness, but it also goes way beyond happiness. It implies a deep soul satisfaction, a sense that regardless of circumstances, oh Jesus, I stand on unshakable ground. Regardless of circumstances, Bonhoeffer could say, I'm a rich man. And so the encouragement of Paul, the example of Jesus, and the testimony of Bonhoeffer all point us toward this truth. That the level of richness we will experience over a lifetime is directly linked to the frequency and the sincerity with which we learn to exclaim that one word, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's lift our voice. Let's lift our hands. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Through it all, we thank you. In spite of it, <laughs> we thank you. When the bills are paid, we thank you. When the bills are stacked, we thank you. When the body's whole, we thank you. When the body is wrecked with pain, we thank you in it. Because, Lord, you've made a way for us to get through it. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We give you thanks today, Lord. Hallelujah. So let this word dwell in you richly all week long. Meditate on it. Give thanks. Unto the Father, which has made us able to be partakers 
of the inheritance of the saints in light. And Pastor Tom is going to come to the piano, and we want to open the altar right now. I'm looking at mostly family today. I'm well aware of that. But if you are here today, and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I invite you to open your heart to him. If you are here this morning, and you just just need general encouragement, praise God, Raul and Dell are back from the Philippines. Aren't we glad? Amen. They had a great trip. We have prayer room workers here. I'm going to ask you to come to the front. All of our prayer room workers. Let's turn this into a sanctuary of prayer. Amen. A sanctuary of thanksgiving. Let's all stand to our feet. Amen.